social media has always been so, I still see this all the time. All you'd have to do to get this result is to post three times a day. All you have to do to get this result is to live on social media. <laughs> and for me, I, I just became really determined to, to just give some real talk around that. Like I do, I do not think you have to live on social media all the time. I think if you have a really specific intention and you approach social media intentionally and with, with your result or objective in mind, there are ways around this. Welcome to Scale Your Course. If designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and just plain tapped out, you're not alone. I'm Tracy Sheriff, and in this podcast, you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews, where we'll share tips, strategies, and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome to another episode of Scale Your Course. I guarantee you today is the day you're going to want to grab your pen and notebook because there is just so much information coming your way about how you can plan out your social media strategy to help attract and fill your next course or group program launch with ease. Now, Sophia Para is the guest for today, and she is a social media strategist who has a proven record for increasing a brand's following, engagement, and reach. Her clients have tripled attendance at their free events, gone from 800 followers to 50K followers, increased opportunities for podcasts, magazines, and even TV features, She's also the creator of an online subscription program called What the Heck to Post, where she helps members stop falling victim to the algorithm and was most recently seen talking DM strategy on Forbes. I had no idea when I set up this interview with Sophia just how much value there would be, how much information she was going to pack into this. So stay tuned, grab a coffee or your favorite drink, grab that pen and that notebook, and let's get started. Welcome, Sophia, to Skill Your Course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly honored to talk about the topic of the day. I'm excited. <laughs> well, this is definitely one of those topics that I can benefit from learning from as much as I'm sure those listening this idea of, you know, how to show up on social media in a way that can help you, you know, get your learning product out into the world and enroll the right people at the right time and, you know, just be successful and make the impact that you want. There's just so much confusion for me and I'm sure for others around the best approaches and things like that. So I know we're going to dive into the social media part of it, but if you wouldn't mind, Tell us a little bit about you and how you got to doing what you're doing right now. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, so let's see. You know, I actually started, weirdly enough, this journey as an actor. And I kind of, I, kind of, <laughs> I call actors the original content creator because before social media, there was, you know, actors creating their own work, trying to get seen by casting directors, trying to get their name out there. And that was me, Sophia Para, way back when. Um, fresh out of acting school in New York City. Um, I was hustling hard. I was creating short films and sending them out to people and just like trying to catch a break. And all of that hard work led to a little role on a show you might know called Blue Bloods. 
And I was a trophy, quote unquote, trophy wife on Blue Bloods where I had someone like steal my bag off my shoulder and I start yelling out. I mean, it was like a really short scene, but I had a revelation when I booked this part. I was having so much fun and had so much excitement on the marketing of this role and telling people to tune in and where to find it. Like the whole campaign I built around all my social media, which I maybe had like 200 followers or something like that. But I had so much fun creating this campaign around this role that I had. And it was just kind of this like moment where I was like, huh, I'm more excited about the fact that this post is gonna be going out on this like random profile I just discovered called Instagram than I am actually about the show going live on NBC or whatever platform it was. So I had this weird mental note, but like, again, didn't think anything of it. I was a very determined young woman. <laughs> and I just kept hustling, more short films. I created a production company. I created a YouTube channel. I had all of these little, lots of failed projects. And then finally, years later, I am playing a Russian assassin on a show called Blind Spot. And I had, at this point, funny enough, I was very burnt out as a, as a nanny in New York City. And um, I was, you know, just like very aware that I needed to make a life change. Like I still wanted to be an actor, but I wanted to create some kind of a side hustle that earn me the kind of money that I didn't have to take the dog walking jobs and the barista jobs and all the typical actor jobs. So my mom mentioned, she was saying something like, what's something that's gotten you excited outside of acting? And I remembered that feeling I had when I was marketing Blue Bloods, right? And I was like, huh, actually social media. So completely accidentally, I started a social media business. And I think what accelerated it was my dad got really sick with cancer, actually, and I basically had to drop everything and go to Mexico and take care of him. Um, a, a lot of my family did. It wasn't just me alone, but he was in Mexico getting some alternative therapy because the West, it's a long story, but the Western medicine, basically, they said that it wouldn't work for him. So we were trying to find other options, and I could not afford the ticket on my nanny income, right? And so I'm sitting here about to start this side hustle, but not really sure what that's going to look like, and it completely put a fire under my butt <laughs> to create a business as fast as possible that turned a profit so I could afford this ticket to be with my dad. And the idea, I honestly kind of thought, you know, once I get make that money, I probably will have to shut this business down because I'm not going to, I'm not going to make enough. Like I had all these limiting beliefs around it and, and long story short, I made the money. And because I had such this fire under my butt to, to pay my bills, to be with my dad, to have that kind of freedom, like things just started falling into place in terms of systems that would help me sustain it ways in which I could get a client. And I just had to be so focused on how to make this work for myself, how to bust through the imposter syndrome I was experiencing, have enough confidence and belief in myself to actually make it happen. And I never turned back. I ended up not going back to acting and I started helping coaches with their social media. Um, and I did chose, while my clients aren't always coaches, I did choose to focus on coaches because at that time in my life, I had some beautiful coaches that were helping me get through this pain and suffering that I was going through with my dad, which lasted for another five years or so. But I always had coaches that I had chosen to invest in that helped me emotionally, strategically, all the facets of running a business, but also like 
you know, healing through some of the stuff that you're going through or have been through. And I was like, you know, coaches are such a, can be so impactful in our life and our world. If I can be a small part of helping them get their message out there, I will just, I will die proud. Right. So I decided to not just go into a social media business, but really focus on coming up with strategies to help coaches and consultants, people that are trying to support people and teach people and educate people and help with healing and things like that. Um, so all my strategies are around that and helping making that, make that connection with people. Oh, wow. There's just so much to unpack in that oh. intro. <laughs> I, first oh, no. of all, like when I heard you say blue bloods, my eyes popped open because we do watch blue bloods here and I'm like, Oh, like, you know, what role did she have on Blue Buds? That's pretty cool. Um, secondly, I think, you know, your story around the why behind your business, what prompted you to actually like move into creating a business around social media is just really inspiring as well. But I think really common in the sense that your story is your story, but often I'm hearing people have something really important happen in their life or a big milestone moment that really makes them transition into you know, looking for something a little bit more um, sustainable that they can control and they can, you know, that um, has no limits, right? No limits to the, the amount of revenue you can make, the impact you can make, you know, all of those things. So, you know, while it's, it's sad to hear about your dad and, and thank you for sharing that, I also think sometimes we do need these things in our lives in order for us to reevaluate where we are and where we're going and how we're going to get there. So. 1000%. And I think, you know, something that I didn't even mention, but you, you and I, you're aware of because we kind of talked about it before we started recording, but, um, you know, that the point that you just made about that freedom, about needing to kind of create something that was almost, there's something Haley Burkhead says, she calls it um, life proof. Like when all the stuff happens, you need something that kind of helps you deal with that, but also not like not make any money that month or something like that. And during in the middle of the five years that my dad was really suffering, my, my husband had a stroke and he had some short term memory loss and we didn't really know what that was going to look like. And so a whole other layer of what I started to really think about was, you know, not everyone can show up on social media every single day. I know when my husband had a stroke and he has had memory loss, there's no way I'm posting selfies or even wanting to share tips on how to use your hashtags. Like at the, in that moment in time, I honestly don't care <laughs> how hashtags work. Like I don't care about any of this stuff because I'm so consumed with the stuff going on in my life. And I know I'm not alone in that, you know, like people, especially after COVID just happening. I mean, we've really all just experienced something so life-changing, so shocking. And we've all had to pivot in some way, whether it be in our work or in our life, like some kind of pivot has had to happen. And I was, so, I became so aware that social media has always been so, I still see this all the time. All you'd have to do to get this result is to post three times a day all you have to do to get this result is to live on social media. <laughs> and for me, I, I just became really determined to, to just give some real talk around that. Like I do, I do not think you have to live on social media all the time. I think if you have a really specific intention and you approach social media intentionally and with, with your result or objective in mind, there are ways around this, right? 
Uh, consistency does not mean daily. And I say that all the time. You can, I did not post once. Actually, no, I think I posted like three times <laughs> in the year that my husband was going through a stroke. I still grew my business through social media because of a lot of the engagement focused strategies that I, that I talk about. And so I just want to say, while I do not recommend not posting for a year, that was the, those were the cards I was dealt that year. I just didn't have a way around it. Like I said, my husband had short term memory loss. Like, like he told me to look, I couldn't find my keys and he said to check the hairdryer. Like he was just so unaware of what he was saying and he didn't remember saying things. You know, there was a lot we were dealing with. So I had to find ways that could still make money on social media that didn't mean, oh, if I don't post every single day or, or live on the platform, like no strategy will work, right? So I, I just, uh, a lot of what we're probably going to talk about today is how to make this sustainable so that your life doesn't involve you showing up all the time in this perfect, happy, like, God, bikini, for God's sake. Some people, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you do not need to like post stuff that like has to go viral either to get traction <laughs> on social media. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this is such a freeing conversation for me because, you know, I'm balancing a lot of things like, like a lot of people. And it does feel like a pressure cooker sometimes that you need to find time to squeeze it in. But I yeah. really like what you said about being really intentional. And also that consistency doesn't have to mean you show up every day, five times a day, you know, so definitely very, very freeing. So, you know, what I'm interested to know a little bit more about is the audience for this podcast is people that are either initiating for the first time, putting a course or group program out into the space, or perhaps they already have something that they're refining or optimizing. But either way, not everyone has focused on list building or followings and things like that. But we always hear these messages about how many followers you need for conversion in order to fill your program and things like that. So I'm interested to hear your perspective on you know, how people can approach it when they do have a small list and they're launching a new learning product of some kind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. So let me break this down. And I, and I will say I have like five phases that I tend to walk people through. Now I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like this is a very big conversation. And I think depending on who I'm speaking to, like there are certain tweaks to this process that I might shift just simply because of their audience or, you know, how long they have been on social media. There's like a couple of different factors I might navigate. Um, but these are the phases and feel free to like, you know, interrupt me at any point if anything's unclear. But the first thing I need to make clear with people, and this is the part where people start to feel a little overwhelmed, but when I explain it, I think they're like, ah, actually that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so the first part is when you are about to launch a course, you do not, you are in pre-launch starting three months before cart open. Now, again, people are like, oh my gosh, three months of content. How am I going to, like, that's kind of where everyone's brain goes. But, but hold up. The reason we're doing this three months in advance is for a couple of reasons. First of all, people need to see things a certain amount of time to see you as the person of that topic. So let's just, throughout this whole process, let's just pretend that I'm launching something called the launch class in three months, right? 
Yeah, P.S. I'm not. <laughs> the launch class is as a 90-minute training I have inside of my membership, but I'm just going to pretend that this was a few months ago and that I was launching it in a few months, right? So I have to give people enough time to see me as the girl who knows about launching on social media, right? I also need to give myself enough time to have those life-proof moments, to have those moments where like, oh my gosh, like, my dog, like, I don't know, like broke her leg. Like I, I have to like take her to the vet and do this. And this isn't working. I, I have to deal with my life a little bit. So I've fallen off track a little bit. You have to have those moments of kind of letting life come into the, come in your way so that you have the time to get back on track and not really feel too stressed out about the fact that something happened. Right? So yes, it starts three months out from your, from day your cart open or your free event. This is usually how I I usually, and everyone, like you mentioned earlier, has a different launch strategy, but let's pretend that in this particular launch, I'm gonna do a webinar. It's gonna be a free webinar. And as part of this webinar, it could also be a five-day challenge. The point is it's just a free event where with the service of this free event, I'm gonna seed people into an offer, right? Or I'm gonna funnel people into an offer. So three months out from day one of this, I start pre-launch and this is the first phase It lasts about a month is my awareness phase. Okay. So this is where I'm doing two different things. I have already pitched myself to podcasts, pitched myself to Instagram lives, pitched myself to things that other people could basically allow me to rent their audience so that I can talk about the topic I'm going to be selling in three months. Not about the topic, all the other things I know. I know you know a lot of stuff. This is not, this is not the time for you to say, here are all the different topics I can talk about. Instead, when you give topic, like different topic options, it's all related back to the overall arching topic that you're going to be selling into in a few months, right? Now, so you're appearing live on these places so that you have the opportunity to, to present yourself as, for me, in my case, the launch girl, right? The social media launch girl. The second thing that I'm doing on my own social media platforms is I'm saying things like, hey, I'm super excited. I've just decided that I'm going to host a completely free webinar where I'm going to teach you whatever the free event topic is, right? Um, and then you can say things like, I'm actually building a web page right now. What color do you think I should make it? Red or green? I don't know. So now they're like picking colors with me. They're helping me decide the name of the webinar. I'm talking about the fact that I just crafted my first, my first section of it. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of getting people excited, but I'm not plugging it. I'm, all I'm doing is mentioning that it's happening while simultaneously appearing on podcasts and positioning myself as the launch girl, doing Instagram lives and pitching myself as a launch girl, et cetera. Now, some of you might be thinking, right now like wait a second but i feel kind of uncomfortable about doing that like i don't really i haven't started doing podcasts yet like i'm not really comfortable talking to people like is this still something i can do if i if I, you know if this makes me like nervous or whatever that might be now now a couple of people, times like when i hear this complaint this is like one of two things that i hear the first thing is someone might say you know, the issue that I have is around the pitching of it. Like, I feel like, why would anyone say yes to me? I have 200 followers. Like, why would they want to have me on their podcast, right? So to them, I say a couple of things. I do not just pitch, like, when I need to pitch, right? I actually make pitching and nurturing a relationships a 
a, a constant, right? I am always trying to build relationships with people. I am al always commenting on people's things. I'm always saying, hey, Tracy, like I see that you're launching such and such. Would me sharing that to my list be of service to you? Like I'm always offering my own support to them long before I actually pitch to someone, right? Because when I actually pitch to someone, I've actually created that rapport, their automatic response is, oh my gosh, I'd love to have you on an Instagram live. Like, what do you want to talk about? Because now we have a friendship, right? So don't forget that this, while we are in phase one of a five phase launch, really awareness is something that as a business owner, we always need to be thinking about, right? It doesn't mean that, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't know what it doesn't mean. But what is important is that we are always thinking about how we can get in front of people that we can help, new, new people that we can help, right? So phase one awareness three months out is actually no different what you should always be doing. The only difference is right now we are pitching topics specific to what we are going to be selling in three months because we are now working on positioning ourselves as the expert of that thing. So does that make sense so far with phase one being awareness? Totally. And you know, I can resonate. I'm thinking about myself obviously, but also thinking about my listeners and my current clients. And I think in some ways, this is going to be so freeing. You make it sound really easy. I know that there's a lot of mindset stuff that some people might have to overcome and some logistics of like, if you don't even know how to make a pitch, what it should it look like, sound like, all of those things. But definitely, I think this, this idea of having a runway, I find very freeing. I, I think for me, I've been personally looking at it very much like this sort of two to three week hard pitch thing. And then you wonder why you're not getting the results, right? So. Yes. And I actually think that is probably the biggest uh, roadblock for people. And I don't know, I feel like there once like a long time ago, probably at the beginning of social media at one point, that was probably enough because we, the algorithms worked a little bit differently. We saw more of the content that was being posted where now just because of how many people are on social media, a lot of your following isn't seeing every one of your posts, right? You, you know, this is why we kind of have to, I always tell people like, if you're not being, if you're not feeling like a broken record, you're probably not being repetitive enough because people don't see everything that you post and you have to give people enough opportunity to actually run into your content. And that, if you start promoting your launch two weeks out, it's just very unlikely that people are gonna be able to see it enough times for them to actually see you as the person who knows about that topic and also even feel like, you know what, like, I kind of think I need to look into this, right, that she's talking about. It just isn't enough time for them to have that personal journey where it's an easy yes for them. But there's a, there is a little bit of a piece that I didn't mention. And I think this is the other reason why promoting three months out is so important. And that is because you have to give yourself enough time to create the type of engagement that is quality enough to convert later in three months. And let me, let me explain what that means. I'll probably explain more when we get to phase four, but I will explain the first process of that. And each podcast or Instagram live that you have or any type of awareness, we are looking to create engagement on social media about the topic at hand. So I've done this in a few different ways. And I think that I really encourage anyone listening to, to try their own, but like 
I have said things like on a podcast, again, let's take, for example, let's pretend I'm launching the launch class. And let's say in order to kind of lead up to the launch, I have a lead magnet that I'm offering that positions me as an expert on launches. Let's say it's my like launch method. And it's like a one page PDF with five secrets to have a successful launch. I don't actually have that, but I should create that. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say that that's my, my, my lead magnet. What I could say is to you right now is on this interview, I'm talking about launches and I'll say, well, you know what? I actually have five secrets. I see people make all the time on phase one DM me right now, the word launch, and I will send you the link to sign up. Now what this does is two things. Now I, First of all, I'm getting people onto my email list, but before that, people are DMing me. So now I'm seeing them come in and I'm like, okay, let's just say Tracy DM me. Tracy has DM me. She's asking for my launch, my launch um, PDF, whatever I called it. So there's two things. She's interested in launching. Oh, great. She's a target audience. And now she's talking to me. So here I, I'm going to respond saying, hey, Tracy, so excited that you're looking for this. Here's a link to the launch method. Simple, giving her exactly what she wants, no strings attached. I'm not selling her, I'm not turning her off. I'm giving her something she's gonna be added to my list. Now, again, two things are happening. She's now on my email list, which she's gonna be sold to in a few months, right? And she's perfect because she wants the launch method. But second of all, I'm now able to build a relationship with her. So in a few days I can say, hey, how was the PDF? Did you have any questions? Now we have a relationship, right? I also add her to a spreadsheet and I know everyone's like, wait, what spreadsheets? I promise (laughs) you this is the game changer because no one tracks the engagement they're getting on social media. They just think if I post something, people are going to see it and they're going to want it. It is not true. People need to be in relationship with you. They need to trust you. And in order to do that, you have to work on your, on creating engagement. This is an example of creating engagement. I have her on a spreadsheet because once a week, I'm going to go down my spreadsheet and I'm going to just look, okay, Tracy, great. She asked for the launch method. I'm going to go onto her page. I'm going to like an image and I'm going to say, oh my gosh, I love your dog is so cute. Something social, something fun. That's it. Hands off until next week. Every single week for three months, she is going to see me. We are going to build a relationship because, and I will you know, no, I'm not going to spoil it. We have a reason for this in phase four, but this is the reason I'm always asking for calls to action. I'm always tracking my engagement and my conversation because they're going on a spreadsheet so I can keep track of them. So are we ready for phase two? <laughs> Definitely. I actually like that you talked about spreadsheets because I'm um, working with a client right now and, and we've talked about the tracking um, a little bit. And I know spreadsheets kind of freak people out a little bit. They did me for the longest time, but no, I, I definitely think um, that was a really good point you made about keeping track because it starts to feel really overwhelming when you don't. And I think too, one of the things that comes up for me is, you know, does tracking or and being this intentional feel inauthentic? And I know it's not because in the bigger scheme of things, we're in business. Yes, because we're creating a lifestyle that we desire, right? But we really want to serve and help other people get to where they're trying to get to, right? So as long as you keep that in mind that you're just creating a system for yourself and, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is what I'm taking away because I know I've struggled with, does this intentionality mean that all I care about or they're going to think I care about is, you know, um, 
getting them into my program, for example, right? Yeah. And I think, and I, it's so funny, as soon as I mentioned the word spreadsheet and we were going to put someone's name on it, I actually had that voice in my head of like my, my audience being like, oh gosh, now it feels icky. Like now I feel like I'm doing <laughs> like a bait and switch or something like that. And I, and so there like a couple of things come up for me. The first thing is like, these are people that you can truly help and they are telling you they want help, right? You are putting people on this spreadsheet because they are basically communicating to you that they need you. It would honestly be such a shame for you to not at least invite them. And again, I will get into this in phase four because it's not quite inviting them into a program, but like it will be such a shame for you to not offer the help that they're looking for because they're clearly already trying to find answers to their situation. They might as well, you care enough, in my opinion, it's like you care enough to put them on a spreadsheet to make sure that you are in touch with them. Whereas versus someone else who doesn't care enough and isn't going to put them on a spreadsheet. So true. Yeah, it's just shifting your mindset around it. So yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that perspective. So phase two, let's get there. So phase two is value. Now I know everyone's just like, oh my gosh, value. I post free stuff all the time. I'm going to go cook dinner while she talks about value because I know about this. Okay, hold up. (laughs) Value. I know you've got all kinds of free tips, but value really has to be in line with what you are going to be selling in three months. So at this point, actually, I should correct myself. Value, the phase of value, which is phase two, starts two months out. So awareness started three months out. Phase two starts two months out, okay? Now, I want to also say that it's not that, like, I know we're talking about value content now, and then we were talking about awareness content essentially a month ago, right? It's not that we are not always promoting value, right? It's not that we are not always, like, trying to create awareness. It's just that in these phases, we're really leaning into that effort and we're being very intentional about the type of awareness and the type of value. So I just want to like, like preface that for anyone who's saying, oh, so outside of two months before launch, I don't post value. I just want to make it clear. That's not what I'm saying. We're just being very intentional about the kind of value we're we're posting. Okay. So again, two months out from your uh, day one of your webinar or day one of your five day challenge or whatever the kickoff event is. Now we're really creating value that's super in line with what you are going to be selling. So for me, I I like to do this exercise where I like write down on a, this might be like too much information. So let me know, Tracy, but I like to write down a piece of paper, like what, where, when, why, how, just like those words. And then I'll just brainstorm for five minutes, like questions that people ask that start with those words. So like, what do I need for a successful launch? When do I need to start posting for my launch? Like just like with everything that pertains to the topic, just fill that out for five minutes. Don't let myself stop writing. And you're gonna have so many amazing topics that do not give people the full picture, but answer enough questions for me to be like, gosh, this girl knows so much about launching. Like I really need to know, like I really need to know what she knows, right? Because she's figured this out. This is how you position yourself as, in my case, what if I would be selling like the launch girl, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I love that strategy. So actionable. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. You're That's my favorite. I, I use that every day. Like even when you're not launching, like just trying to come up with topics, but like, let's say it could be like a wide range. Then you can take away the, 
the lens of launching and just be like, all right, what are people asking me right now? And just brainstorm. It just gives you so many ideas and just gets you out of your way. Just don't judge yourself. <laughs> um, so then the only difference, like, so, okay, so we know what value content we're posting here. The only thing that would probably be different from your typical is, again, we're keeping track of our engagement, right? So we're taking a look at what questions are we asking? Who's asking them, right? They go on a spreadsheet, right? You could also ask, this is my favorite kind of post to put out. Let's say, again, I'm promoting the launch class. I'll do a graphic that says something like, which one is you? Um, a, I post on social media all, I know I always post on social media during my launches, but it does not lead to sales. B, I don't have time to post on social media or C, some other option. Now, the idea, the reason I do this is because I know what my free event is going to be. And it's going to be something that is going to help each person that relates to A, B, or C, right? So what I'm going to say when people say, oh, I'm definitely A, I post on social media all the time, but it doesn't lead to results. I'll say something like, hey, okay, I hear you on that. I'm actually going to do a free training in about two months or whenever it is. And I'm going to address this and give you a strategy to help make sure you see results. Do you want me to send the link when it's time? That's what I say. And they're of course like, oh my gosh, yes, because they just told me they need it. Right. Now they want a spreadsheet. Now B is going to say, B said, oh yeah, I'm definitely B. I post on, I forget to so post on social media. And I'm going to say, hey, don't worry. I actually have a strategy that I'm going to be teaching in a couple of months. It's going to make it more possible for you to post on social media without all of the overwhelm. Do you want me to send you the link when it's time? And they're of course going to say yes, because they've just told me, right? Right. So, Again, I'm just positioning myself, A, as the person that has the answers, but B, I'm creating a warm audience. I'm getting people to talk to me and tell me that, well, like, not just that they need what I'm teaching, but also what about what I, like, what that I'm teaching that they need. So now I have market research as well. So again, they all go on my engagement spreadsheet, and now I'm tracking them, okay? So now we're moving into phase three, unless you have any questions on phase two. <laughs> no, I'm excited. What's phase three? <laughs> All right, phase three is transformation. This is about one month out. And this is when you really start leaning into the transformation stories. Now, this obviously is social proof. Social proof is huge when it comes to selling, but it's also about your own transformation. Like what's your own experience with what you're teaching? Like, why is this so important to you? For many of us, this is about us. Um, like maybe we've had our own personal journey with it. Maybe we've had our own ups and downs with it. Like this is your time to make people say, gosh, she gets me because she's been there already, right? So this is your opportunity to share a story about your own personal journey. And now if you don't have that journey, you're just really good at it. I'm sure you have some kind of a reason that you do what you do. Maybe you used to do it for someone else and you'd watch their own roller coaster. So you're able to teach it because you were on their journey. That's still a valid story. That's still a reason for you to know what you know and for us to see you as someone who has experience. So don't judge yourself or the reasons why. And also do not assume your story is not interesting enough or powerful enough. Like really get out of your way here because this is something that I see a lot. People are constantly judging their story and just thinking it's not worthy of sharing. And that is your biggest mistake right there. So this is your opportunity to share those tra transformations for sure. I love that. And I was thinking exactly that as you were giving the strategy, I'm like, but my stories are not feeling so exciting. 
right? Um, so yeah, I was, you, you had the objection or the limiting belief right there um, and you addressed it for me. So thank you. I'm sure the other people listening probably were thinking the exact same thing in that moment in time. Oh gosh, no, you're welcome because I hear that all the time. I hear constantly inside of what the heck to post people share that with me. They're like, I like what happens if your story is not good enough or something like that. I'm like, your story is always great. It does like you're judging yourself. You need to stop that. We need to put yourself, your story out there and not, not get in the way of that. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's transformation and that's phase three. And again, that starts about one month out from day one of your free, free launch event. So phase four, this is where things get really fun. Now keep in mind, the phase four starts 10 days out from day one. So now we're kind of getting into the, like we're not, no longer going month to month, now we're getting, we're getting close, right? Now this is, um, keep in mind, by the time you get to phase four, almost three months have gone by of you being consistent. Consistently getting in front of new audiences, consistently putting out calls to action, consistently putting out quizzes, in your Instagram stories and posting content that aligns with you know, your, your expertise. So you have now built up a very beautiful engagement spreadsheet. Now something, if you feel like, oh, you know what? If I, I were to go onto my own social media and if I were to do this, I don't think I'd be getting a lot of engagement. Like I don't think I'd be getting a lot of response. A lot of people might be feeling that. This is your opportunity to now create more to create more engagement. So for me, that will look like going into my best performing posts from the past, even if it was a year ago, taking a look at the people that have engaged in the past and re-engaging in those conversations. It's going to look like, honestly, going even heavier into awareness. Like for me, like if you know that you don't get a ton of engagement, get going even heavier into pitching yourself to things to appear in front of new places, probably even before the three month mark, just so that you give yourself enough time to build out that spreadsheet. I also would start asking your past clients or people that you've worked for in the past, say, hey, I'm about to launch something new or I launched something again. These are the kinds of results people are seeing. I know I loved working with you. If I could have a whole new roster full of people just like you, I would honestly be the happiest person ever. Would you be open to sharing about my launch? Or would you be open to, to spread, helping spread the word or like recommending this to a couple of people and then give them the assets to do so? I also, if you're feeling like your engagement spreadsheet is short, and actually I would do this no matter what, is I always have crossover partners, right? I always have some people who I have built relationships with through, similarly to what we talked about in phase one awareness, like sign on to helping me spread the word. I always have them emailing for me. I give them everything they need between graphics and assets. I'm sure most people on the call have heard that strategy before. And I still, even with the strategy, will do that. And the reason is because it just gives you the most reach possible, right? And the secret to making sure that's effective is thinking about phase one being awareness all year round. Like what kinds of relationships can I keep building? Like for example, like right now between you and me, Tracy, like we now have a relationship, right? I would expect you to email me when you have a launch and say, hey, loved having you on my show. Like I've got a launch coming out. You know what I mean? Like it would just be a natural conversation. Now it could be during my own launch. There could be reasons why it wouldn't work for me, but 
I would expect you to ask me for that. Do you know what I mean? Because that's part of what we do here as online business owners. We do create that network to help us spread the word and make the, the, the most, the biggest, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the amplify our message the loudest that we possibly can. However, so in doing all that, phase four, what you now have is you have a spreadsheet full of people that have asked for things that you are all in line with what you're about to sell, A. B, you've also been very good every single week of liking a post or commenting about their dog or just doing something social, following up on the PDF that they downloaded from you, asking if there's any, like, like what they think about X, Y, and Z. Like you've done a very good job of touching base and creating that relationship that now you have a spreadsheet that has their first name, their last name, so you always know who they are, their Instagram handle, and their conversation, like what, what they initially reached out to you about. So now you can say something like this. Hey, Tracy, I remember a few months ago, you asked for my launch method, and I wanted you to know I'm actually hosting a live webinar where I'm going to share the key strategy that I have used to help my client do blah, 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 like whatever the webinar is about, right? Do you, it's completely free. I thought of you because I remember that launch method was really, was really important to you. Let me know if you'd like me to send the link or, or if this isn't interesting to you anymore and that's okay too. Something super low key, don't need to like, you know, don't worry about it, but also like this is available to you, right? Now, most of the time, because you've been on top of these relationships, these are easy yeses for people because these are people you're in a relationship with. These are people who know you. They don't think you're spamming them. They're actually happy to hear from you because they're still looking for those answers, right? So for most people, this is an easy yes. There are some people that don't respond and you can follow up once and then that's fine. But I have found the last time I did this, I had like a 66% conversion of every single person, of 66% of the people that I DM'd, they attended my live webinar because I was their friend. I was their one who knew about what they were going through, who actually took the time to be in a relationship with them and who's giving them something that they're looking for, right? So yeah. they attended the webinar. And then phase five, and I'm happy to answer any questions about phase four if you have any, but phase five is a simple, now we are in cart open week. We're selling things, things are going, and now you're creating FOMO. You're sharing who's joining. You're talking about the experience of your webinar. You're sharing the wow, this training is amazing. Oh my gosh. You're saying you've got one more day to do this. You're following up with the people who haven't signed up yet and saying, Hey, I know you came. Did you have any questions? I'm here for you. Now you have the opportunity to go back and forth. But by doing this step-by-step -step process, you're doing a couple of things. You're well, first of all, we're, it's the opposite. We're doing the no like trust factor, right? But more than anything, like people do not buy from people that they do not trust. They just do not. And the first step to trusting you is knowing who the heck you are and knowing what the heck you're about. And what this process does is A, get you in front of new people so that you're always growing, then gives you an opportunity to, for them to get, get to know you, then gives you some time to actually build that trust, and then gives them a clear as day way to know that you've got a webinar happening. Because like I said at the top of this podcast, with how algorithms work, 
they might not see that post. They may not see that launch open post. You're giving them a clear opportunity to say yes or no, and it's not going to feel salesy. So even if they don't convert that time, they might next time because you're going to continue with that relationship. It's a lot. <laughs> so much goodness though. And I'm just soaking it all in. I mean, you can see me, we're on camera together and I'm like, having these revelation moments, like inside my head, of course, <laughs> how, how effective this and easy this really sounds, right? Like yeah. I know the doing part has so many steps to it and it's not, you know, we haven't talked about all of the things related to posting and, you know, there's so much to think about the time of day and, you yeah. know, what do you do when, like, there's all kinds of situations that come up, you know, what kind of graphics should I post? Like, should they all be the same color and branding and, and how can I mix it up or should I mix it up? Like there's so many questions that come up still, but having this structure, this framework, I'm a frameworks person is just, it's really eye opening. And this idea that it gives you this space, like if you followed this, I'm thinking like a quarterly launch, like if you had a quarterly launch, you're basically just doing this every quarter and you can, you know, just mark it on your calendar, like what your focus is for that week. If you have a VA assisting you, you can get them involved and you know, there's the tracking. It feels, it feels good. As I was listening to you, I'm like, this feels like something that I could do. Oh gosh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I will say as well that like a version of this is kind of what I do all the time. That's kind of how I use social media. And this is one of the reasons why for me, it doesn't even matter if I don't post. It doesn't matter if I, if I um, have a busy week or if I am not selling anything or if whatever it is, I still will do this because I have a growing spreadsheet a growing engagement spreadsheet that grows all the time. I have people to nurture those relationships for. And simply because I am consistent with that part, even more than the content. I mean, like, yes, I am consistent with content now, but like I said, there was a year where I wasn't. This is the type of work I was doing all the time with the people that had grown to get to know me, right? I was checking in with them, like saying, hey, I got it. Like sometimes I didn't sell anything, but I had a new, a new lead magnet that was aligned with something they had asked about. And I say, Hey, I remember you asked me about X, Y, and Z. I actually just created something. Do you want it? It's totally free. Now they're on my email list. So this is just, if you can make this a habit, you know, it'll literally feel like you're not doing anything different during your launch. Like social media will just feel like a normal part of your life. If you and your VA are making this a system, you know what I mean? Um, I also will say for anyone who's like, Oh my words, like, I like, this is going to feel a bit like a plug, but like, this is just the truth. I actually have templates for all of these phases inside of my membership <laughs> for annual members though. But like, this is something that for me, I've seen people just like reuse this. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you just said for a quarter, every, if you do this every single quarter, like they're essentially reusing that content, maybe slight tweaks here and there, but like a lot of the stuff is just being recycled because like I said, again, at the top of this podcast and also just a little bit ago, like everyone's not seeing everything you post. So, or they don't have the memory <laughs> to remember that you just talked about that a few months ago. So, so much of this, if you just make it a habit is just, is going to feel 
like another part of your day as an online business owner. It's not going to feel like this overwhelming, oh my gosh, you need to figure something out. Um, and I also need to point out that the first time you do things like this, I feel like the numbers are going to get in your brain. You're like, oh gosh, I only had, I don't know, let's say 30 people. I, I, I doubt this will happen, but like I only had 30 people engage with me in the last three months, right? Let's just say, I mean, actually, you know, I don't doubt that probably will happen to some people because everyone starts somewhere and I don't, maybe you have 10 followers. Like, I don't know, right? But let's just say that that happens. The other beauty about tracking spreadsheets like this is that that baby only continues to grow like the more you show up that will only grow so there will always be a new person to pitch to when it's time to and this that those numbers will always just keep going up simply because you make this a habit you keep showing up doing that awareness work doing all the things i just talked about but as a habit instead of oh now it's time to do that thing no if you just make this part of your life <laughs> your online business owner life like that spreadsheet will continue to grow and those numbers will never, you know, they're all, they will always be bigger simply because it's a habit. I hope that makes sense. I feel like I rambled there. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. And, and what's coming up for me is sometimes we have stories that we tell ourselves that, you know, this strategy isn't working or I'm not getting any engagement, but what I've learned, maybe not in this circumstance, although I have done a little bit of contact tracking, but not probably to that like in this fashion, data tells us what's real, right? So when we can see how many names are on our spreadsheet and we can see it growing, like one, it's a huge momentum builder, right? Because you every time you add, you know, maybe today you're adding one or two people, tomorrow you're adding three or four people. And then before long, your list is really growing. It's it it starts to validate what you're doing. It's making a difference. You are making connections even if it's just that's the only step that you take initially. But I think sometimes if we don't track these things, we end up telling ourselves false stories, right? And because it, we can't possibly keep all of the stuff in our brain, right? We have to download it somewhere. 1,050%. I find that I love that data makes it real. That's what you just said, right? Yeah. yeah. It, well, it tells us the right, the, the true story, not the story that we're making up in our head, right? And someone said something to me recently, data over drama, because I find that with social media, like even with the number, like even when I hear people say, oh my gosh, I only get 20 likes on a post or something like that. I find that hilarious because you know, 20 likes is a classroom, right? Like that's like a lot of people actually. <laughs> So when people get a hundred, grow that to a hundred likes, like, holy crap, when people grow that to like 700, like, I mean, all of those, that's all impressive. But to be honest, like, it's even impressive at 20, like a classroom of people have just said, damn, I like that. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. But <laughs> yeah, like, that's fine. <laughs> like, I like that pot. All right. Not, I like that post. I like what you're saying. And I think that for me, like that has always really helped me because like I said, um, when I turn all that engagement into humans on a spreadsheet, first and last names and needs, I'm now not seeing them as numbers. Like I am see, I'm starting to see them as actual living, breathing people who need something that I can give them. Even if they don't become paying customers, even if they just go through that process of taking my free content and being in my world and being supporters of the message that I'm sharing, 
that still adds tremendous value to me. And I know that if I'm impacting them now, hell, heck, maybe they will become paying clients later. Maybe now is not the right time. Maybe they will later. And that's great. But even, even if they don't, like there's value in that too. You know, you're still, you're still helping someone and them knowing about you and thinking you're awesome is also just another referral point, just someone else to help you spread the word. Um, so I just think like, we also need to be looking at our numbers a little differently. You know what I mean? Not as numbers, but as people that are, are telling you, I could really use what you've got. Yeah. Really good point. We need to get the vanity out of our mind and really just look at, you know, the, the connections that we're making and, and maximizing those and leveraging those instead of focusing on what we don't have or what we think we need that we don't probably really need anyways. Um, so you mentioned earlier your membership. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Oh gosh, what the heck to post, which is what it's called is probably my pride and joy. I have no kids. So (laughs) (laughs) I love the title. Yeah, I, you know, people always say that it cracks a smile because they're like, gosh, I say that to myself every day. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, and to be honest, that's why I chose it, right? I was listening to the language people were, were, were using around me. Um, so what the heck to post is a membership and I call it your tool for whatever social media headache you're experiencing. I have people in there that are seven-figure business owners that just don't have the bandwidth to come up with content every day. So they love that I send them weekly content schedules with templates and prompts. So they just don't can take the thinking out of it and just, you know, ah, good idea. Love that. This is the topic I'm going to talk about. And here we go. Now it's posted done. I can move on with my day or it's for the person who's like, Oh my gosh, I don't get social media. I have no results. I'm not confident. Like, I feel like I don't just need to know what the heck to post. I need to understand strategies and I need to understand how to build my brand on this thing. For those people, we also have trainings. We do a new training every single uh, month. We have a list building training, an engagement training, a growth training. We just did the quiz class to teach you how to build your own quiz, to build your list. I mean, we go deep with guest experts and all kinds of things. So whether you're learning there's space for you. Whether you're pitching, we've just started a pitch database that's actually going to open at the end of the month. So you can do phase one awareness. You can go down the list and just pitch to all the people in the pitch database. I think we have 60 who have signed up so far for that. Um, and that'll just keep growing. And, or again, if you're super experienced, you know your brand, you don't need any of the training, but you just can't, don't have the bandwidth to come up with content then we've got weekly content prompts for you. So there's literally, it's a tool. It's not a course. Uh, it's a tool. And even if you use a fraction of it, it's well worth the $54.99 a month. Um, of course, if you become an annual member, there's a lot more, uh, you get, we're going to give you a lot more stuff in the next year, of course, just because that's like the benefit of being in an annual community. But no matter what, people will be happy. It's my like pride and joy. I love showing up in there for, for anyone who's struggling with anything social media related. <laughs> Awesome. Like I checked out your membership um, last week when I was preparing for this podcast episode and, and I, you have a little video on your website, which gives people like a little bit of an inside tour of it. It's just short. It's only five minutes. So I encourage anybody who's interested to go and take a look at that. 
I also would like to say that when you reached out to me about having an interview on the podcast, you sent me one of your coaching videos, which I'm assuming was a coaching video that occurred inside of your membership. And I got to tell you guys, uh, it was an hour and a half and I thought there's no way that I'm probably going to want to watch this whole thing. But I watched the whole thing and I watched it more than one time. Because the value that you offered to your members who were coming on the call, you were doing, I think, some audits of their Instagram, and you were just, each client came with such a different need or thing that they were trying to overcome, and you just kept giving value. And it just, just like this interview, I mean, I'm watching you, you have no notes, you know your stuff, you know your framework really well, you're so energetic about it. And that's what I saw on the coaching call too. So she's legit, everybody. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was actually, I forgot to even mention, that was actually what we call problem solving session. So we do a monthly strategy session and also just a Q&A. So it's like, I'm stuck, help me. That's where you'd show up and you'd get your question answered. So I so appreciate that. I do get very energetic about this. Like my clients always laugh at me because in the middle of it, I start sweating. And I'm like wiping my armpits and I'm like, oh, <laughs> So hot from all the excitement. <laughs> well, I'm watching your arms are going and your face is just lit up. So a hundred percent you're showing up for, for us today. And I'm sure, you know, based on what I've seen and what I hear, I'm sure you show up for your community the same way on a consistent basis. So I want to just say thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so, so, so fun. Uh, yeah. I- I left every minute of it. Yeah. Before you wrap up though, can you just tell us where people can find you? Where's the best places for people to go? hundred percent Instagram. I'm an Instagram person through and through. Um, my handle is just my name, Sophia Para. It's P-A-R-R-A. And then what the heck to post is at what the heck to post.com. That's awesome. One of the questions that just came up for me that I was thinking earlier today, I know that that's where we also connected on Instagram. And I noticed that a lot of the clients that you were doing the problem solving for, were talking about their Instagram accounts. Are you primarily focused on one social media platform being Instagram then? Good question. No, actually. That is my favorite platform. I think that there's so many creative ways to create content over there more so than on Facebook. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I do tend to live on there more than Facebook. However, my clients, I was helping them with their Facebook and their Instagram. So I'm very knowledgeable on both platforms, but and I will say that if you were to talk about the prompts and the strategies, I would say a hundred percent of them can be used on Instagram and about 95% of them can be used on Facebook. So majority can be, you know, used on both places, but definitely just the bulk, just because of the nature of what Instagram allows us to do, the bulk are like by 5% uh, on Instagram. Awesome. Well, that is great to hear because I'm sure that there's people using both platforms. I was avoiding Instagram for a long time, but that's where I see the most engagement, the most growth is on Instagram. So I'm certainly interested in continuing to learn more strategies. There's so many things on Instagram. I don't know. Like you said, all the different ways you can post and do things. I'm like, how do people do some of the things that I see that I think are so cool? So, um, but thank you so much for coming. And I think um, we're going to be able to partner on other things at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, like, like I just, because of what you just said about like what, how 
like Instagram overwhelming and, and how do you even use this to get clients and everything like that. I actually, it just reminded me, I do have something to help with that. I lit, I have 12 strategies to get your next client. Um, I, I think that would probably be a, an Instagram, actually, no, it's not an Instagram specific one. I mean, there's 12. So even if one is Instagram specific, there are 11 others, <laughs> but if you just go to getcoachsocial.com forward slash clients, there's some creative ways you can use the features on Facebook and Instagram to get your next client. So hopefully that's helpful to people. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I'll be sure that those are all linked in the show notes below. Awesome. So thank you so much for coming. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. If you like this episode, one of the best thank yous you can give me is to subscribe and leave me a review. Leaving a podcast review helps me get more reach and attract more listeners. And if you're ready to skill your course, I also have a free roadmap that you can download. This roadmap will give you access to my framework for scaling courses, what you need to do, what you need to consider, and even who you should include in the process. Check the show notes below. Thanks for listening.